on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. But I wish that the culture, the way healthcare would move would be like, stop being sick care. Let's be healthcare. Let's try to be healthcare instead of sick care. Let's prevent. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney. Today's episode is with a Dr. Motley, who's a practicing doctor in Nashville. I was connected with him through one of my best girlfriends. Shout out to Leslie Mosier. And she was like, Courtney, you just, you have to talk to him. You guys are so in alignment. And he really helped her through a lot of her health issues that she has been trying to navigate and get to the bottom of for the last couple of years. And It's such a testament to Dr. Motley and his work because Leslie has been able to get to the bottom of a lot of her her health issues that she's been very vocal about on her Instagram and stuff as well. So um, I am, I say this every week and I hate it, but I am so excited about this episode because Dr. Motley is so intelligent. He has so much incredible information to share. And what I really love about this episode particularly is that it really, it's very empowering. It's information that I know, like when I started really learning this and hearing it, it really empowered me and it made me feel like there was hope for everything that I was dealing with, all the health issues and stuff that I've dealt with over my years, because over the years. Because, you know, oftentimes when we're not feeling great and there's stuff going on in the body and we're going from doctor visit to doctor visit and spending so much money on you know whatever it is, medications or supplements or specific diets and we really can't figure out what's going on and it feels very hopeless it's empowering to know that there are there are ways to figure this out and it really is a matter of getting your hands on um, the right information seeing the right doctors, and really knowing what to ask your doctor and what tests to ask for. And specifically, there's certain things, um, and we talk about this in the podcast, there's specific co-infections or underlying things that can be going on. And if you don't know to ask for it, your doctor may not even test for it or may not know to look for it. So I really hope that this episode empowers you and makes you uh, feel better if you're feeling a little bit, a little hopeless. Because I think about whenever I record these episodes, I always try to put myself in the shoes of the listener. And I try to remember the questions that I get, whether it's in the Instagram DMs or the questions that I get from friends in my life or emails that people send me. And this covers a lot of the questions that I get about, you know, what supplements to take or what should I do? I'm really feeling X, Y, and Z, and no one can get to the bottom of it. So I really hope that this episode provides that valuable information that will help you navigate that if you have something going on. Or if you don't, but maybe you have a fan, a friend or a family member that's dealing with that, or maybe it will help you down the line. So I really hope that you love this episode as much as I do. Before we get to the episode, I wanted to answer another question that I got in through an email. Don't forget, guys, that you if you have a question that you want me to answer on air, please, please email me at realfoodologypodcast at gmail.com because I love to answer these questions on the pod. Before I get to the question, I just have a little disclaimer. As always, these answers and this podcast are just for educational and informational purposes only. 
I am an integrative nutritionist, but I'm not a doctor. And I don't know you personally. I don't know what's going on in your body. So just know that this information on this podcast is not a sub for individual medical or mental health advice. And it doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor first. Today's question was submitted from Micah on Instagram. I love this question. So he said, I find when I go to the grocery store, I end up buying all these sugary foods. How can I leave the grocery store with a Courtney-approved cart? I love this. So this is my tip for going to the grocery store. Never go hungry. What we were saying earlier about sugar crashes and or if you don't get enough sleep, when you're really hungry and your blood sugar is really low, you're going to crave sugar more than you normally would. So just make sure that you eat a meal before you go to the grocery store and it's going to help you stay on track with buying healthier foods because you're not going to just want to buy all these sugary treats because you're craving all of them. I think everyone kind of knows what it's like to go to the grocery store starving and then you come home and eat a meal and then you look at all your groceries and you're like, oh my God, why did I buy like eight packs of cookies? Um, So that is my tip. That really helps me avoid buying all the sugary stuff at the grocery store. And with that, let's get to the episode. Well, Dr. Motley, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm very excited to have you. Thank you for having me. So excited. I really appreciate the opportunity. And it's great to finally meet you. You too. I've heard so much about you. So we were actually connected through one of my best girlfriends, Leslie Mosier, who happens to be one of your patients, right? Is how you guys met? Yes. Oh, yes. I love Leslie and Rob. Yes, I met Leslie um, through IG. So in the very first days of IG, when I was doing videos and posts, she reached out and said, hey, um, one of my her neighbors was a friend of mine that went to the school I went to uh, to learn healthcare, And so a small world. And then we became friends and see them all the time now. Yeah. I love that. I wish I had known you when I lived in Nashville because I lived in Nashville for a year and I was at that time going through a lot of hormonal issues and I was really looking for um, an alternative doctor that could help me through it. And so I wish I had known you then. So I could have used the oh, help. But, oh, I definitely would have treated you. How long were you in Nashville for? Were you out there for a few years? I was just there for a year. So I've, okay. it was a pretty quick time there. Um, I was living there with a boyfriend at the time. And I just, I don't know, I really felt called to move to L.A. And so I picked up my life and moved to L.A. And here I am five years later, almost five years later. Oh, yeah. Well, anytime you're ever in Nashville, you bring me up and I will treat you definitely. I will. I would love, love that. Thank you. Well, let's start out the show with, um, why don't you tell everyone listening what you do? Well, I practice in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been practicing for about 15 years and my main emphasis is on Chinese medicine and functional wellness, like functional medicine, integrative medicine but with a heavy emphasis, again, on traditional Chinese medicine and theory. So I use the acupuncture points and the acupressure uh, system to actually help identify organs that may be imbalanced. And I use forms of kinesiology, which is muscle strength testing, to to identify weakened muscles, which then indicates if there's weakened acupuncture meridians or weakened nerves in the body. And that in itself could point me to an organ that may be imbalanced. So I find what's going on with the organ. I find out if there's a chemical issue 
or an emotional issue, if there's a structural or a stress or an inflammation within that organ. And then I use soft tissue, acupuncture, acupressure, biofeedback, even radio frequency therapy, using sound to actually help stimulate points to allow the chi or the electricity to flow back through the body and hopefully restore balance to the organ, which then allows the organ itself to function on its own. And if there's any infections in the body or biotubes or mold or bacteria or hidden emotions, your body can clean a lot of those things out on its own if you can stimulate the right points. I did go to school for a chiropractic degree, but mostly I trained in Chinese medicine and kinesiology. So most of my practice is based in traditional Chinese medicine in theory. So that's wow. what I do. Yes. That's so incredible. I mean, I have... <laughs> So many questions. So you mentioned biofeedback. How um, how do you figure out what, how do you pinpoint like which organ is being affected and with the biofeedback and all well, that? Well, biofeedback can be used by what they call a galvanic skin response. And I don't try to be too technical about it, but it is really interesting to me because when you think about the traditional acupuncture system, when you have electricity flowing through the acupuncture meridians, they're pathways mm -hmm. that carry electricity, bipolar electricity. We're talking about biofeedback. Any area that has a point that's stuffed or it's blocked in acupuncture or chi will cause the skin to ruffle above the blocked point. So skin carries voltage. So your skin can be measured with voltage. So you guys can take a voltmeter and measure which voltage what the voltage is on your skin. So the area of a blocked acupuncture point may have a difference in the voltage. Mm -hmm. What occurs is the skin will actually ruffle in texture. So when you go to a physical therapist or massage therapist, somebody's really good at body work, they'll rub a point and they'll go, hey, that hurts. And you go, how'd you know that hurt? Because they felt the galvanic skin response, the magnetized skin. Wow. It's like a lie detector test. A lie detector test measures the, magnet, the electromagnetic spectrum along the skin, the voltage which tells you that there is a change in the voltage in the rest of your body. So biofeedback devices can actually measure the change in the voltage. And so at the office, I use a small device, a little stride, they call it the resonator. And I use a small biofeedback device that allows me to test areas along the skin that may have a difference in voltage. I know it's a long explanation, no, but you can measure the change in voltage along certain areas. And that's what acupuncturists, you know those gifted healers, yes. Courtney, that can come in and they go, there's something wrong with your heart. And you go, how in the world do you know something was wrong with my heart? And they go, because I felt it. Yeah. So they say that some people are so gifted that they can feel the difference in the voltage, the impression from the electromagnetic field. Wow. While other people are saying it feels really hot in your chest. And you go, how do you know it's hot? Because their thermoreceptors are more sensitive than other people. That is so So that's a biofeedback. Wow. No, yeah. I, I had a, a guy work on me a couple of years ago. We were doing acupuncture and he did very similar things to me where he was like, oh, I can feel, what did he say? He knew like right away when I was like super stressed out and he, there was something else that yeah. he pinpointed that I can't remember now, but it was something that I was dealing with health wise at the time that I was like, whoa, how did you know that? It's oh, so crazy. It's, it's really great when you go, when you have uh, acupuncture 101, I call like when you go to class, the one thing I do enjoy about it is that when you hear those, um, insights into your life. Yeah. When an acupuncturist or somebody in Chinese medicine or in Ayurvedic or any type of spiritual healing, many times they already know, they'll tell you signs and symptoms in the five elements theory. So they'll say, for instance, like we've heard this before, if you have signs on your face of liver congestion or gallbladder congestion, they can look at you and go, oh, the areas underneath your eyebrows are very dark or discolored. To Chinese medicine, the first thing they think is gallbladder. Yeah. Okay. 
And then they'll look at the color of your skin. And then they'll go, well, you may have some issues with resentment or frustration or being stubborn or having indecisiveness. So you'll start to realize that in 101, it's like emotions coincide with the energy being stuck or the chi or the blood flow in the organ, which gives you all the other symptoms. So they can go ahead and get an idea what's going on just from like seeing something on your face. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, Actually, I think I was living in Nashville at the time when this happened. I was in Whole Foods one time and... Someone came up to me and he was like, hey, I really hope that you don't take this the wrong way. Um, but I can tell by those dark circles under your eyes that you have something going on with your kidneys. So I would look into that. And sure enough, I was dealing with really bad adrenal fatigue and your adrenal glands sit right up on top of your kidneys. So I was like, what? It was really crazy. <laughs> um, but he wasn't wrong. <laughs> That's why I find this so no. interesting. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, say? it's really like they call it like it's like bloodless surgery, right? I mean, seriously, like instead of like uh, the way the path that healers of the past had to take was they didn't have access to MRIs or yeah. CAT scans or blood flow. They had to find out how chi and how blood flow moved through the body and what were the physical manifestations. And to me, like when they when I hear these teachers speak, they're saying the skin was one of the biggest avenues to find out what went on went wrong so whenever you see something like dark circles on the eyes and you find kidney issues um or you find somebody that has a breakout at their temples and the first thing i think is your spleen and you go lymph flow and then you can say in kinesiology the spleen would be associated with the latissimus muscles the muscles on the back or the triceps and the biceps so what will happen is you'll start to notice that these people have upper back pain arm pain and so you can make those correlations just by seeing something on the face. Like when you had the adrenal issues, wow. I mean, I spend 60% of my time, I'm making 67% of my time just increasing the kidney cheek because the kidneys hold all the charge, all that grounding force that comes from the earth. So wow. yeah, it's, it's amazing what the body can tell you, what it can read and present to you like a, like a, a sheet on a computer screen, you know? It's yeah, really great. It's really wild. I first... Um, started to really understand this when I was younger. I was in my 20s and I was having really crazy hormonal acne that was breaking out all along my chin. And someone told me to go look online because there's, so anyone listening to this, you can Google this and you can tell me what it's called because I actually don't know what it's called to Google it, but you can look at like um, a picture of the face and it'll tell you like, okay, if you're having issues along your chin, that's usually hormonal, which guess what? It was hormonal for me. Or like you were saying around the temples, that's going to be the spleen. And you can actually look and it's like the face is mapped out and it'll tell you if you're having issues in this specific place in your face, it will actually um, correspond with something happening with a specific organ in the body. What is that called? Yes, if you guys can Google it, it's called just Chinese facial diagnosis or just put in facial diagnosis. There's a great book um, by Dr. Todd Frisch, Mm -hmm. and I can send you that, um, Courtney, but there's a, the book's called WTF. Why the face? Love it. <laughs> but uh, it's really good about uh, explaining even the shape and the, uh, the ge- geography of the face and what that can actually tell you even further into a person's personality as well. Yeah. So when you have these areas that are represented on the face that coincide with a certain organ, you'll be surprised, right? Whenever you say you had like hormonal imbalance, you have a breakout on the chin or somebody comes to yeah. me literally every day. Somebody goes, Doc, I had a breakout on this part of my face right here. Was I'm like, usually large intestine. And then you go to the acupuncture points that coincide with the large intestine, and they'll be sore as you can imagine. And you start to rub them out, and they'll start flushing. 
Wow. So anytime I see a breakout, you know, and people get bumps on the back of their arms, yep. people have come and they say, I get these little bumps, small intestine. Oh, so I didn't know that. small intestine's got SIBO. Mm-hmm. Check out, they usually have a SIBO issue like strep or staph or clostridium. Wow. And they can go get a SIBO test and they'll find that they'll have imbalance. But those signs and symptoms, how rashes, breakouts, how discoloration can follow an acupuncture meridian, the map throughout the body, which then points back to the organ. And then you can check out on their face if they have anything that coincides with it too. Just all over, isn't I it? It's how, you, it. it's how we're formed in the embryo. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow, it's so interesting. I love too that you brought up that this was, you know, back in the day, it was the only way that they had in order to check for disease and to see what was going on in the body because they didn't have all the technology that we have now to do the MRIs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh my God, I think this is so interesting. Well, it is amazing. It's like... How how well that the body can give you its own MRI, yeah, CAT scan, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of the first way to start looking things for things. So I, this is something that I really wanted to talk about with you because um, I, you know, I see this happen all the time with people where they have something going on. Like perfect example, like you said, the little bumps on the back of the arms, and you go to the mm-hmm. doctor and they're like, I don't understand why. Um, you know, this is happening, or I have this rash, or I have eczema or psoriasis, and I think. In this country, we've been taught now to just go to the doctor, we get a cream, we get a pill, and we think that, you know, okay, we just do that, and then it will go away. But most of the time, it doesn't go away. And I, I wanted to have this conversation because I want to encourage people to start making the connection with um, the fact that everything's connected in the body, right? Like, if we have something going on, like a rash, we need to get to the root cause and try to figure out what organ or whatever, that something is happening in the body, Oh, truly. I think that once we are very aware and become so sensitive to our own system, that's the goal of healthcare is to become aware of where you're hurting, where these rashes come out. And the other day, and I'm not trying to go down story lane, but it's really amazing that sometimes like, especially like little ones that come in with eczema or psoriasis or severe rashes, and they'll say, well, it's all over their body. And they'll say that and they'll bring, like I had a young, young guy come in, little boy. He's only a year, year, year and a half. And he had rashes that were around the body, but they predominantly were on around his thumbs, right around the, the webbing of his thumb, of his index finger and his, and his thumb. So that area, plus it went up onto the outside, like right up that traced all the way up his arm on the outside of the arm, right above his elbow crease. So what I'm saying is that followed the large intestine meridian. So he didn't have it necessarily all over his body. He had it mostly on his arms. He had a little bit on his chest and on his legs. It was on the outside of his legs. So what does my mind think? Well, he's probably got an infection in his large intestine and in his gallbladder, which could have spread throughout his his digestive system. But it targeted the large intestine and his gallbladder. Now, it could go into the small intestine, guys. It could go into the stomach. But all that to say is when a patient comes in and they have eczema all in certain patches, Learning where that meridian is, where it falls on the meridian system, then pointing back and saying there could be an issue within that area, cleansing the organ. Mm. Because remember, the skin is usually just a manifestation of what's going on internally. Exactly. And you just said that. Yeah. And so you could put a cream on it. But in Chinese medicine, they call that the coolie space. The coolie space is a space right below the skin and it's opening the pores. It's your defense chi. It's your area that actually helps open up the pores to sweat things out, push it out. So your body's actually trying to get stuff out because your colon and your liver can't detoxify it. So wow. it's your body's call saying, hey, help my colon, help the liver as it's, remember the colon, if it's too backed up, the body has an innate intelligence. It knows. 
the body will then shove all the toxins into your liver. Your liver goes to phase one, phase two detox, then push it into the kidneys to help pee it out. If those are backed up, your body goes, the only way I can get rid of this is go through my skin. So guys, encouraging you, if you have psoriasis or any type of thing in any area of the body, find the meridians it runs by, go through your history. Maybe you had chronic UTIs. Maybe you had chronic gallbladder issues or your parents did or your family history. Go back and look at that and become more aware and you'll go, okay, what do I need to cleanse this? So there is hope. Oh, this is, yeah, that's so interesting. Well, so let's dive into that a little bit. Um, Underlying conditions. I've experienced this myself. I've seen a lot of my girlfriends experience this where they, you know, for years had all these kind of unexplained symptoms and they just kept going back to the doctor being like, I don't understand why I have this fatigue or, you know, I just, all these unexplained symptoms. And turns out one of them had Lyme, another one had Mm Epstein-Barr. And I think... In all of this, what I learned and what we all learned was that we don't, a lot of our doctors that we're seeing nowadays, and look, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to talk bad about doctors, but a lot of them aren't trained to look for these like underlying conditions or these underlying like co-infections that are going on. So let's talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit so people can kind of know what to look for, maybe what to ask their doctor for, what kind of tests to, to do. And Yes. Yeah, that's truly the, the case. I just got done uh, finishing up a course online, an online course online, which um, the reason being because I had Lyme disease um, for mm. about three and a half years very severely. Now, all that to say, guys, is I had Ep- uh, evidence of Epstein-Barr virus in my blood. But I want to encourage people that when they say, what do I look for? The first thing is when you go to the, uh, the doctor, go to your primary care, and you have chronic fatigue, you have digestive issues, you have foggy brain, complete joint problems, you know, fatigue, areas that are sore all the time or rashes that are unexplained. And you go to the doctor and they say don't, they don't know what's going on. My first thought is go down the infectious route. So I don't want to sound too overwhelming to you, but I would say I would either check, like you just talked about, I would go into checking for Lyme disease. I would check for parasitic mm-hmm. and even hidden bacterial and Epstein-Barr. So the reason is like you can be very simple, guys, but you can go get an organic acid test. You can go to Great Plains Laboratory. They're out of Kansas and Kansas City. And what they do is they measure the amount of organic acids, which microbes give off. It is their waste. They give off acid. So they'll measure your urine and go, oh, this much waste comes from, this type of acid comes from mold. This comes from bacteria. So that's one simple way, just a urine sample. And then if you want to get a Lyme test, you can go to Igenix, Igenix, I-G-E-E-N. EX, Igenix. It's we'll in California. Add this in the show notes too. We can all add this and I can yeah. send that to her. And you can get checked for FC bar, which is a common blood uh, test that you can get, or cytomegalovirus. Now, to answer these things, guys, you need to investigate, to make it simple, infections that are pretty heavy in our environment. The reason, though, that most allopathic medicine, and we're not talking bad on allopathic medicine or no. Western medicine, that they don't research it is because it's more result or symptom oriented in the sense that if you get a common blood test, they're only going to research certain things on your blood. They're only going to check if certain uh, liver levels okay, if you have a hematocrit, your hemoglobin's okay, like, you know, your red blood cells, your white blood cells, okay, CRP, going to see if you have inflammation in the body. Now, generally, guys, when you have a range that's normal, most students, I know a lot of people are in holistic healthcare, they do this. They'll look at the range and they go, oh, that's normal. But if you get very specific, if your norm, if your ranges are a, but, a little high in the normal or a little, little low in the normal, I try to look for those things because you want to cut things off at the pass. And most 
you know, doctors may not look for that. And so they'll say, well, you're, no, you have high amounts of leukocytes in somebody. So you have higher amounts of leukocytes, but it's still within normal range. Mm-hmm. But you go, doc, I feel horrible. Well, my mind goes, you probably got a hidden bacterial infection. And then I have good medical doctors I work here with in Nashville. But if I suspect it, I think, I think they got a hidden strep infection that could be in their throat or near their thyroid, you know, as an example, and then send them off to go get a certain strep test and see if that hits. But remember, guys, they're not necessarily looking for those acids. They're not looking for those slight variations within the normal blood test. And I hope that wasn't too overdrawn, too um, overwhelming to you guys. But it really is, guys, you need to find a doc that is willing to look at the higher ranges of normal and the lower ranges of normal. Find somebody who wants to investigate your specific needs. And I, and I say that with all uh, conviction because when I had Lyme, my blood work came back normal. Mm. Like, you're fine. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm suicidal. I feel horrible. I feel depressed. I am out of energy. And my skin looked gray. My friends literally go, there's something wrong, man. And they're like, well, your adrenals are low. I was like, I know my adrenals are low, but what's causing my adrenals to be low? Yeah. Of course, environmental stress. But I had a good doc that was up in Wisconsin and a great friend also in Dallas, and they were looking at everything, and they found I had Babesia. Had what high amounts that? of Babesia, which is a, it's a Lyme co-infection. Oh, okay. It's a parasite. And later found out that I had some parasitic activity that, that gained ground in my body because I was fighting off the Lyme. Mm. So it took me a couple years, guys. That's not discouraging. I started had the road to get back to health. But if you looked at my red blood cells, they're like, you're fine. And, and you can get discouraged and get a little agitated because then there's the other flip side, though, Courtney. Like they'll say something to a patient like, well, I have low amounts of iron. But everything else in my blood's great. So the doctor says I'm fine. I just need to take extra iron. But now I'm constipated. Yeah. And what you'll find out is like if you have an infection, guys, some infections are hemolytic. They love to eat iron. iron. They love to eat undigested proteins, right? And they will go in and tear up your red blood cells and they'll digest it. And your, your iron levels and your body will create anemia. Like you'll have anemia type symptoms. And you're like, why is everything else doing okay? See, you get those little telltale signs that go, this one little marker can mean this, this whole other realm. Unfortunately, many times in the industry, like allopathic, even in Eastern, like there's times when people don't necessarily look for it. I'm not saying I've been perfect and found it all the time. Not at all. I'm the first to put myself up saying, have I missed things? Yes. But I wish that the culture, the way healthcare would move would be like, let's stop trying to be... Stop, stop being sick care. Let's be health care. Let's try to be health care instead of sick care. Let's prevent it. I mean, how good would our world be? Like, I, we can change. I don't want to change so much, but how well would our world be if we're in schools that would literally find out what kids need nutritional-wise, what vitamins and minerals, and train their bodies to learn how to prevent sickness from coming on their body and yeah. prevent all these things of these kids going to the hospital. Anyway, but that's how to find a good practitioner. Find one who's going to go in there and try to find those small variations. Yes, I'm so glad that you touched on this because I talk about this all the time. I encourage everyone to go find an integrative or functional medical doctor because they're going to mm-hmm. do what you just said. Essentially, they they have all the medical training of a standard you know, allopathic doctor, but they have been trained to zoom out and look at the whole picture and look at everything that's going on in the body, you know? So the, they may say like, oh, it looks like your thyroid numbers are off, but let's zoom out. Why are why is your thyroid off? Like what is happening? Because everything is connected in your body. 
And one little thing could be off and it could be setting everything off in the body or it could be causing, you know, like the thyroid and the adrenals work hand in hand. So maybe something's gone with your adrenals and it's affecting the thyroid. But with the standard medical care, we just zoom in on the thyroid and we're like, okay, you know, it just must be the thyroid when actually what you're saying, like you said, it could be some sort of co-infection. Um, we could be having something that's depleting our iron levels and that's why the iron is low. And um, it's so interesting. Also too, like you said, they're not really trained to look very closely at the numbers that are maybe like a little bit high or a little bit low. This is so frustrating to me because the way that I see it is I'm like, okay, so if I go in and I'm still in the normal range, but let's say like I'm pretty high up there and I'm about to be out of the normal range. Let's figure out what's going on there because once I get out of that normal range, oftentimes you can't fix what's happened anymore. You can't reverse it, you know, with specific, with, with certain things that happen in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let's stop the issue before it gets to the point of no return. You know, if we're starting to head uh, one direction, totally let's totally nip agree. it in the bud and bring those numbers back down to a more normal range. And also think about it too. Like we think about these numbers being normal and average. Well, that's for the average person. And we're, we're not, it, with healthcare, we've become so like, it's like one size fits all. And we forget we are so mm -hmm. bio-individual that we need to be thinking about that as like, okay, this is just the average for every human in the world, but like this person's body and their makeup and their genes and everything are so different that we need to start diving into that more and really looking at them as the individual oh, person. I agree. I, I think that you hit it nail on the head. I think the way that healthcare and how it is going to go and it is going now is that you have individuals and doctors out there that are looking towards your uniqueness, yeah. towards your genetic coding. Or we we're seeing it that you we talked about it the other night. Yeah. Like basically you'll see people that have great gene testing um, and they're using their genetic code to identify, like let's say somebody has uh, higher cholesterol rings because necessarily they may have the genetic makeup that allows them to make more cholesterol. And maybe good cholesterol. Yeah. So you'll have individuals that come into the office and they'll go, well, my doctor thinks my cholesterol is too high. So he's going to give me a statin drug to help pull it mm -hmm. down. But I'm like, you can't say that for everybody because they may have a genetic code that allows their body to handle higher cholesterol, even higher blood sugar. Because back in the day, 150 was normal for blood sugar. It really was wow. 140, 150. What's changed? Well, you know, certain, you know, Types of companies want to press on certain types of medications that want to pull down the sugar levels down to lower levels. Yeah. Now, I'm not putting down any type of uh, medications or any type of uh, pharmaceutical companies. I'm saying that there's a difference in the mindsets that are going out there right now. But the thing that I'm prom that I'm uh, encouraged by is that now our uniqueness is coming up to par because I've seen a lot of my patients off to get a gene testing mm -hmm. uh, gene test done. And the reason being is because I realize that I have such great medical doctor friends, like you just said, functional medicine doctors, integrative, and I have missed things, guys, and I love the idea of the zoom out that Courtney just said, a conglomerate of so many doctors that can look at and try to work for a single goal for a patient. Mm -hmm. And the best way you could do it for, we've seen with our docs, was to see if their genes could actually help them absorb more vitamin D or increase their immune system because you need proper vitamin D levels to increase your immune. All the while, somebody could come to my office and go, well, I have really low vitamin D. I take 5,000 units a day, but my low levels are lower. So the doctors may see it and they go, well, we're going to give you 10 or 20,000. But then they just pee it out because yeah. they may not have the gene, the unique gene to help them pull in the vitamin D called the VDR. So if you get a gene test and says, hey, you got 10 VDR, 
vitamin D receptor genes, and only two of them are active. They're only working at 30%. All of these are working at 30%. None of them work at 100%. You could take all the vitamin D you want to in the world, but you're not going to absorb it very well. And now we're seeing it's like we it's not a one size fit all world that it's coming to. It is like yeah. you said, there has to become more of a uniqueness. I think it would be great, and this is just me going into my head, like when every child was born is to get them a swab test, like a gene test, and find out what their gene said, and then that could actually help filter out their health care. Like this baby needs more methylated Bs in the forms of hydroxy or adenosyl or different forms of B12, which help them develop and grow and get bigger and stronger. But you're right, uniqueness. We need a world that has uniqueness in the forefront because it's one size fits all. It may work on some general levels. I do on the course, I write about the eight most common nutrient deficiencies that people have. But I also recommend this. Each person needs to take each individual nutrient one at a time at separate times to see how it affects their body. Because I could take, when I was younger, I couldn't take a methylated B12. I would get the shakes. I'd pee yellow. I'd feel jittery because my liver didn't break down B12 like my sister's. So interesting. Even the same family. So, and interesting. Do you it's good have, stuff. Well, yes. it's funny that you just brought that up because I was going to bring that up. So, this is a very common um, genetic mutation is the MTHFR And for everyone Mm -hmm. listening, I highly recommend just going to get that tested because a lot of people have it. And all it means is that your body, you need to have a methylated form of B, it's folate, right? Is it B9? Yep. Yeah. It's B9. Yeah. That's right. Yep. And so if you have that happening, then it's really, it's not a big deal. It just means you have to take a methylated B9 um, or folate. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't know that. And so then, like you said, if they're just taking, you know, folate and it's not going to, their body's not going to be able to break it down. That's right. If, if your body has the inability to take folate, you'll see people that say, well, don't take folic acid, mm-hmm. take folate or folinic because folate's methylated, which means guys mm. broken down. So as I always say, it's pre-digested bees. <laughs> so <laughs> if you take a V9 and you put it in the body, the body then with MTHFR, and MTRR, these are a couple of genes, mm-hmm. your body should take that vitamin B9 and use it in that broken down form and then actually help to take B12, like a cyanocobalamin, which is a, a B12, and then convert it into a SAMe, S-adenosylmethionine, which is a methyl donor. All that to say is that B9, that folic acid, that folate is there to help you take B12 in any form through your food, through your pills, and then use it. But if you don't use it very well, the B12 will back up and cause the opposite effect. It will actually make you detoxify faster. Mm. It'll actually make you create more homocysteine. So people get the jitters. They're like, oh my goodness. It's like, why? Because your liver is trying to work too hard. So being unique, you can find out, the like Courtney just said, the methylated forms are broken down. So it's just like... (laughs) It's the horrible representation. But guys, it's like when a mother bird eats foods and chews it up and digests it, and then puts it back in the baby's mouth, that's what your body needs sometimes. When you get stronger, (laughs) when you get stronger, you can actually be able to, and I've seen it in my own life, once you get your liver cleaned out, you'll be able to take some of those stronger forms of B12 on your own, and you'll be able to methylate. Yeah. I love it. Well, so I get questions all the time. This is kind of in the same realm of this conversation. Um, you know, on Instagram or emails and stuff of people saying, okay, so what vitamins should I take and what should I eat? And I know no one likes this answer, but every time I get back to them and I say, hey, we're all so bio-individual that I need to see, I got to see lab work. I need to see what's going on in your body. 
I need to know yes. what kind of vitamin deficiencies you have or if you have like a genetic mutation like we just mentioned. So what would you recommend to someone who is trying to figure out exactly what, what works for them? Well, I mean, like you said, that's that's the first response I give. I, I do have a great friend, Dr. Jay Dunn, and I'm not getting plugging this because I get a kickback, guys, or not. It's called My Happy Genes, uh-huh. myhappygenes.com. Now, I will get, when I have a patient come in and they ask me, I do use biofeedback and I use pressure points and certain forms of kinesiology to find out. But when they're at a distance and they ask me that, I'm with you. The first simple step, guys, is to get a gene test done because in this program, the one thing I do like about it mm-hmm. is that they will give you a questionnaire, like a 90-question questionnaire. They tell you the severity of your symptoms, you fill it in, and then they take your genetic code and make an algorithm about your answers plus your genes. That gives them the idea of how severe your gene mutations are, your de- defects, your variants. Mm. And then they can then formulate the types of minerals, amino acids, or vitamins that would be needed specifically for you. So anytime individuals it comes to me, same way, and they ask that, I'm like, this is the best route because you have it on paper. Because I, too, want to see your numbers. I can't tell you, like, go to the store and buy a multivitamin, and if you can't break down a, a B12 very well, then that means if I gave you that, you know, in the in the multivitamin, you could feel worse. Yeah. So I get what you're saying, and then even and then with it's not food, so your numbers. Like, Sorry. It won't. It actually will just pee it out, and you'll feel the same. And then people go, "Well, it didn't work." Now, one thing I do tell them, and I tell them this is, it's more efficient to get the gene test than what I'm about to tell you, because if I tell you to go out and get this multivitamin, you could take it, take one or two, see how it makes you feel. Wait a day, wait a few hours. If you get the jitters, then you need to go find another multivitamin. And I'd suggest certain types. I'll say this is Designs for Health. I like theirs. Mm -hmm. I like um, Seeking Health. They have good multivitamins. But everybody's unique. Not everybody can take the Designs for Health or or that uh, Seeking Health. So I'll tell them, find out what gives you the jitters or any indigestion or any bloating or any type of discomfort or brain fog. If that's the case, you got to switch to another brand. But that can take a while, right? It can take yeah. a while for them to go through every single vitamin and mineral. I hope this and is not expensive. vague or not. I'm not avoiding the question. No, no. It's expensive. Yeah. And I just want to be honest with you guys. Like, there are certain things, like on, like when I'm writing up a program or a course for individuals, I give them the ones that I've seen work really well. Um, that I usually try to give them a multivitamin that does not have a lot of iron or a lot of copper because those can actually not mess up anything. Your body needs iron and copper, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But certain individuals can't break them down because they have sulfur issues. They can't break down sulfur. All that to say is get a gene test is probably my favorite, my first advice. And I do have like, I love Designs for Health. They have a mitochondrial okay. NRG, which is like a combination that has not so many B vitamins, but it has really good methylated Bs. Um, I can give you guys a list of some of the that I suggest. But with foods and diets. Yeah, and I, I can put them in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. I can send those to you. And I, I just want you guys to, that are listening, please don't think I'm being, you know, vague about it. I repeat myself about it because I want you to know that there are times when I've worked with people that are out of the country or out of state. And I tell them, like, this is a more expensive way. But to be more definitive, try that, try that gene test. Yeah, no, I don't think, I mean, I think that's a perfect answer. And then I would add on to that on to that and say after getting a gene test I would encourage people if they can afford it um, most of most insurances cover at least like one of these a year I would go get blood work done I do it once or twice a year just to kind of see where my numbers are and it can tell you a lot um, about what's going on well it will tell you everything that's going on in your body and if there are certain deficiencies happening 
And then you can go from there and you figure out what you need to take. And then obviously I would do it in conjunction with your doctor so they can read the labs and they can tell you like, oh, you're really low in vitamin D. But then they can compare to the gene test and say like, oh, you might be low in vitamin D because X, Y, and Z is happening in your body or you have these genetic mutations. Um, it's just, yeah. you know, it's like I said, we're bio-individual. It's and, the conglomerate. And we need to know what's going on in the body first in order to, to be able to, to treat it. Speaking of bio-individuality and metabolic testing, Paragon Vitamins, who is a founding sponsor of the podcast, who I talk about every week because I love them so much. The reason that I love them so much is because everything that Dr. Motley and I are talking about is exactly what they do. So you send in a sample of your hair. They send it to their lab. They do a analysis on it. And then they send you back a report of everything that's going on in your body. So this is everything that Dr. Motley and I have been talking about. You get a full detailed report back of any sort of vitamin deficiencies that are going on. If you have metal toxicity happening, if you have a slow or fast metabolism, it can tell you that as well. And they give you back a full report. I mean, the report that I got back was 37 pages and it was all individualized to exactly what's going on in my body. And they give you suggestions for lifestyle changes that you can make, as well as suggestions in what vitamins to take in order to um, address what is actually happening in your body specifically. So this is a perfect conversation involving everything that Dr. Motley and I are talking about today. And Paragon gave us a code to give you 15% off of their nutritional assessment. So if you go to paragonvitamins.com and use the code REALFOOD15, you'll save 15%. When you go to the medical doctors, you know, when you go to allopathic route, I think it's so great. Like I send some of my patients to my really good friend who's a medical doctor here in town right down the road. And I love that when they get the nutrient testing back that you give them extra fortification in their world. You know, they, you tell, yeah. they see it like, oh, you don't have enough magnesium. You don't have enough, you know, zinc. And then you can correlate it to your genes and saying, well, uh, you know, I need magnesium for my Krebs cycle to, to increase energy or my, my mitochondria to create, increase energy. Yeah. And you get then that world going into this nutritional world and you try to combine it for your own health. Like you said, every year. Or, and I also t suggest, like, like I love SpectraCell. They usually mm -hmm. uh, go into the intracellular nutritional um, values of the, of the cells. And, I mean, I say even get an organic acid urine test, like, once a year. Go and see if there's hidden infections running around. I mean, that is one good way. Find your nutrient deficiencies. Yeah. Get a gene test. See if there's any extra things running around. Um, I know some people that go as far as getting, like, <laughs> fecal testing to see if they have parasites running around. It's like their yearly thing. Yeah. But it does seem to work really well, though. Yeah. I mean, if you can afford all of that, I would highly recommend it, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's it will really give you the full big picture of what's really going on. And this, I think, is really important to note when we're talking about all of this. Make sure that you're you're seeing a doctor that works in relationship with you and that's listening to you, because I've had so many people message me and say, you know, I tried to go to my doctor and I asked for blood work and they told me, oh, you don't need it and just shut them down and sent them mm. home. And I told them point blank, I was mm. like, sorry if this sounds harsh, but you need a new doctor because you need a doctor that's going to listen to you as much as you listen to them because you are the expert of your own body. And I know like you're coming to this doctor because they are the expert of the human body, but you need a doctor mm -hmm. that's going to listen to you when you say, hey, I don't feel great or I really feel like I need this test or I feel like this is going on. 
And you want someone that's going to actually listen to you because at the end of the day, you are the only person that knows exactly what's going on in your body. And exactly. And and I'm not saying, I'm not saying go, I'm not saying go to like, you know, Dr. Google. I love calling it Dr. Google. I'm not saying go to Google and, and like diagnose yourself, but I'm saying go to an expert who knows about the human body but then we'll also mm-hmm. listen to you because it should be a relationship where you work together and they hear you out and then you hear them out and then you come to a solution together. I completely agree. I think that anytime a patient comes in the office, one of the main uh, statements I get is if an individual's had, let's say, an infection that the uh, test didn't show, like Epstein-Barr or Lyme or a hidden strep or staph, they'll think they're going crazy because they've asked doctors like, what's going on? Can I... Um, get a test run for this and they're like, oh no, your blood work is in normal range. It doesn't warrant me for to do that. You're just wasting your time and wasting your money. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I love for me personally, this is me personally, like Chinese medicine and seeing evidence is like you look at the sign signs around the body and you'll see the discolorations or anything like that going on. But I have to know that, I mean, in my heart of hearts as a doc, even if I don't want to go down a route, I had a good doctor, good teachers. They say, you got to listen to every word they say. Even if you think it's not going down the right route, you'll usually find one or two things they say that will point you in the direction of the symptom, you know, the symptomatology, what could be the course or the cause of action. And the good thing is if when you find a doc that works well with you, they may hear it and realize I can't fix that. Mm -hmm. But I know that's something that somebody else could help out with. Find that doc. Find the doc that's willing to say, I can help you with that. And, or I know somebody who can do that. And I have a suspicion because, for instance, many times people have come in the office, they've had ADHD, ADD, OCD, they felt like they're going bipolar. Yeah. And many times people have dismissed them mm. and say, oh, it's just in your head. Now, if you get your gene testing guys done, this is encouragement. If you get your gene test done, you'll look at if you break down serotonin or dopamine very well, not changing routes, which means that you could actually, if they do not get broken down properly in your neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin, you could have ADHD, OCD, bipolar issues, right? It can mess with your mind. Mm-hmm. Then your mood gets lower. Your emotions get lower. And then everybody's saying, no, you're fine. Don't worry about this. But chronic infections lead to allergies. Allergies can mess up your liver. Liver can mess up your vitamin D receptors. And that turns into serotonin and dopamine being misplaced. What we're saying is, Find out when you when I listen to a patient to symptoms, I literally want to find out if they're urinating at night. I want to know if they literally have to get up so many times to go to the bathroom. Ringing in the ears, sweat. That tells me if there's liver involved, if there's thyroid involved. And you and I know this, Courtney. When people yeah. are writing into you, you go, I know, I know it's your large intestine. You've got too much toxins in there. Mm-hmm. And they just dismiss like, oh, your your colon doesn't have anything to do with, you know, you getting up at the middle of the night or anything, anything to that. I'm like, it has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So Finding somebody that listens to your symptoms and realizing they can help or not is the first step. Yeah. That's my that's my input to it. Because I will tell you, I've missed, Courtney, I've missed, I'm thankful I have. It helped me. Yeah, I've been in about practice for, like I said, 15, 16 years. I'll tell you a quick story. This is how well allopathic world and Eastern medicine can fit together. I had a guy came in. And he was feeling horrible. He says, I have no energy. He goes, I all of a sudden... All these years, 50, 52, 53, have no energy. Can't work after 10 o'clock. I just wasted all my energy. When I worked on them, I found the reflex points and the acupuncture points that had to do with the thyroid. Mm. So I thought, thyroid, right, guys? So I'm thinking, thyroid indication. And then I further looked at his symptomatology and I said, he has to have a parasite. 
The way he said it, you have to have a parasite. But his blood work did not show the blood levels of white blood cells that would correlate with the parasite. Didn't show it. Didn't show anemia. And I was like, I, I know he does. Well, so I'm thinking I'm all smart. Like he's got parasites. <laughs> so I started working on points to help clear the parasites. He comes back the next time. He goes, I had more energy for like five days, but it went back. And I said, man, and his thyroid point showed up again. So I sent him to my medical doctor friend. I said, nah, it's too ske- this is too sketchy. Come to find out that he had a calcium levels that were up through the roof because his parathyroid was off. Interesting. And so his parathyroid, his thyroid indicators kept showing around his throat where his parathyroid was. The guy, see, I, I knew something was up. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but there was something I couldn't fix. Yeah. It's in there. We found that there's parathyroid. So she helped. She said, we'll keep working on the parasites. The medical doctor said, I will. And we got him on, changed the medication on him that actually helped bring his parathyroid down. And now she thought he may have had a parathyroid tumor, like he's going to have cancer. But Mm. she went through all the tests, no problem. And after three days of that, energy through the roof, don't have to see him anymore. I was like, just take these herbals and take your medications. You're going to be fine. And his liver stays clean because of the nutrition, the nutrients we gave him because it keeps his liver clean, even when he's taking the parathyroid med. I'm saying like, that's incredible. I love the idea that I can miss something or I find something either way, working with another doc. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. That's an important component of it. And I think you touched on something that's really important for people to hear is that just because we approach this from a more holistic standpoint doesn't mean that. Um, we throw Western medicine and pharmaceuticals and everything out the window. I mean, my whole approach, and I think yours is similar, correct me if I'm wrong, that I just want to know exactly what's going on. I want to figure out the root cause. I don't want to just treat the symptoms and just throw a medication at it. I want to do, like Mm -hmm. we said earlier, zoom out, full picture, figure out what's going on, and try to treat it other ways because oftentimes it is just, you know, either a nutritional deficiency or there's some sort of co-infection, like we said earlier, that you could treat. Or, you know, sometimes there is a route you have to go down and you have to take medication. But I like that the approach that we take is that we we exercise, we try to go through every possible thing and medication is kind of the last resort. But if we mm-hmm. have to do the medication route, we'll do it. We have it for a reason. We do it. You know, it's exactly. just not the I think first- that when you... Not the first route of, exactly. of uh, treatment. Because I, I love what you said at the beginning when you said that when you get to the edge and you're pushed over. When an individual has like a thyroid problem, guys, or an adrenal problem where it's actually showing up on their blood work like you have Hashimoto's, mm-hmm. you have thyroid, hyperthyroid. That means you have been pushed over the edge. Yeah. It means it's going to take a long route to get back to it. To be encouraging, I'm saying that's when you can say medications like a thyroid medication is going going to be needed. Yeah. But to see that when you can prevent just with your food, like with what you eat, just to see the nutrients that you could put in your body or taking some nutrients or vitamins or minerals that can actually encourage your body and go to the point where you can heal most of it just through simple mineral um, deficiencies or intake. And I think it's very cool. And they talk about Hippocrates and Socrates and all the philosophers in the world. Guys, remember they used to always talk about how things are, they'll say the elements, but they always say things are hot, cold, wet, or dry. They still use that philosophy in pharmaceuticals. So what I'm saying is whenever you have a fever, you can take an herbal or eat a food or eat some kind of nutritious diet that will actually help what? Cool the system down. Because pharmaceuticals will try to mimic the plants of the earth. 
They find out this action of this plant. It's like, oh, this plant action can actually reduce the fever in a person. So they'll try to mimic that. All I'm saying is you have the ability to find out the hot, cold, wet, or dry with what you're eating and what nutrition you're taking. And that in itself, if you can get your energy to be turned on your body, and this is biochemistry one-on-one. You can read Hornitzer's book of biochemistry. None of you want to do that. It's too boring. But you can (laughs) probably resolve 60 to 70% of your issues if you just got yourself to turn on energy. And what is energy? What turns on energy, guys? Minerals mm. from your food, from the leafy greens, from a plant-based diet, and, and even proteins give you what? Your B vitamins. So all that to say, vitamins and minerals will take care of most of your issues if you do them in the right way, the right ratio, and the right advice from the doc. Yeah, absolutely. When I I think a perfect example of this is, well, there's two of them. One is diabetes. I mean, you hear all the time people go mm. in and they get their mm-hmm. blood work done and they're like, oh, my doctor said I was pre-diabetic. If you're pre-diabetic, even if, and I'm talking about diabetes too here, um, even if you do get pushed over the edge to diabetes too, you can reverse that with your diet change, mm-hmm. lifestyle change. And I'm not saying it's easy, but it's possible. And especially if you're in that mm-hmm. like pre-diabetic range, there are changes that you can make to your diet that will allow you to not to get out of that range and you won't be pre-diabetic anymore. Or another perfect example of this is something called Addison's disease, which is a disease disease of the adrenal glands. We see that in the ranges way before someone actually goes into full-blown Addison's disease. But what makes me so upset about it is that oftentimes, at least with this specific disease, they'll see the numbers rising, but it's not until you're full-blown in Addison's disease that then they finally diagnose you. And it drives me crazy. Yes. I'm like, you could have completely, you could have co- like stopped that in its tracks before it going into full bone Addison's disease, but we're not, our traditional allopathic medical system is not designed to do it that way. We treat it later with, it with drugs. It's almost to where it's, uh, have you heard like, truly I've heard even not switching gears, but I've heard like, like an individual has a hip problem. They'll say, well, wait till your hip goes out and then we'll have surgery on Ugh. it. That's what they'll say that like, that's the harshness of it to where it's uh, like with diabetes. Um, My mom had had diabetes type two. She's a little Korean lady, but Mm -hmm. she eats a lot of Korean food, but she, she had a lot of stress and had too much sugar in her day. But like you said, with the advice you're giving your, your demographic, the people who love you, like we put her on like basically also it's plant-based mostly low sugar guys. Last time she went, no diabetes. Wow. And I'm saying that, you're right. When somebody comes in with metabolic syndrome and diabetes and you see that on the books and it's hard for me, guys, like uh, when a patient comes in and you'll see this blood work mm. and their doctor will literally go, well, you're not almost like you just said into diabetes, um, but way. we'll just keep an eye on it. Yeah, you will keep an eye on it. And I'm like, well, what do you eat right now? And I'm and then in Chinese medicine, what I'm trying to say is like, how's your spleen? How's your stomach? Do you eat dairy? Do you eat something that's cold? And has lots of sugar and your body has to heat it up to digest it. But that, I wish that avenue was taken. You know, once you see those things and you go, well, what, how's your liver doing? I'm like, well, let's get you on like different chromiums or different types of minerals to help your liver start to detoxify. Get your, your diet uh, planned out. And most the majority of patients that come in, guys, to my office uh, have had that happen to them. And usually they want to come back like it's almost like I'm the last stand. Like, what else are we going to do? But by that time, if they've already gotten into diabetes, I'm like, it's a little road. It's a journey, but it can make me upset too. It does. It um, yeah. 
to where it can actually make me a little mad. I'm not usually an angry guy, but when I hear about how I see some of the blood work, you know, they'll give you blood work like this is blood work from three times ago. And you see the progression and you go, well, they had this, you know, a year and a half ago. <laughs> and, and and like, did they not tell you like one of my patients, you know, those, they write you like, oh, that just dropped. But they'll say, hey, my, um, my, uh, my feet are burning, you know, and uh, tingling and numb. And the first thing I think is like, you probably got diabetic issues, mm-hmm. you know, like there could be numbness. And you look at there and like, well, she said I was fine, but they're at the brink. They're at six, 6.5 on their, in their C1A. And I'm like, you're basically diabetic, but it's not out of the normal range. And that's, oh, that can be upsetting to it's me. It's really upsetting. So I get what you're saying. And when I said, yeah. why don't they stop it? I'm not, this is not at the individual. I'm in at the doctor, you know, like why isn't yeah. the doctor saying, Hey, I see this going on. Um, how's your diet? What's going on in, in your mm-hmm. life? Let's let's try to figure this out and bring these numbers back down because it's very possible, especially with something like diabetes too. You know, that's pretty much all diet and lifestyle driven. Mm-hmm. If you have type two, you can definitely like uh, the one thing I appreciate about when you look into Ayurvedic or holistic or anybody that does the acupressure points on it, when you press a point that's really tender, yeah. like let's say stomach 25 or any of these liver threes and people think, oh, I'm fine, but I press on the point and they're like, oh my word, that is the most tender spot. Mm. And then you find indication that's a liver spot. That's a pancreas spot. That's a spleen spot. Your body is giving you a message, a story and saying, you need to go check this organ out. Then I go in and go, How's the diet? Why do you have these symptoms? And to a testament to your body is that your body gives you a reckon, you know, it, it helps you recognize just by having something that is tender or, or sore. And I'm thankful that there are practitioners out there and that your audience is aware, like be aware of what hurts. What are the little small twinges? What are the small areas in your body that are sore? Pay attention to them. Investigate the acupuncture points in the area. It'll lead you down a good road to find out about your health. But As frustrating as it can be, I know that the functional doctors out there, the integratives, those who really care in any any healthcare system, I'm saying that health will always look for the preventative type measures for a patient. Um, I'm just thankful that I've found a lot of different doctors in this area that have done that and encouraged by it. But I'm with you. It it can make a day kind of frustrating. You know those times when you probably get messages and you're like, like yeah, really good days of those like messages, like oh that's great. And the other day you're like. Oh man, they'll they'll need a whole blood work and things to help help yeah. me to look at them to see what I can do to help. But with the frustration comes the happiness too. So. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. The the frustration is very much directed at our um, standard medical care or our healthcare system. Like you said earlier, I call it sick care because mm-hmm. it's not healthcare is practicing preventative care and striving for health, not for just treating and masking symptoms. And so I get so incredibly frustrated because I'm like these, I mean, there's so many people suffering and just being thrown on medication after medication without anyone diving deeper and looking into what's really happening. To the point where you and I can have conversations about this (laughs) probably a lot when you say when you have a medication that covers up another action of another medication. Mm -hmm. And what's hard to hear that is that the uniqueness of your individuality of how you quote, like, let's say your body helps uh, you take a, a medication. And please, guys, I'm not putting down anybody that takes these medications. I'm not putting down the doctors involved. Yeah, just, no, not at all. Uniquely, when you take a medication to help, like, break down your cholesterol. And then we know, Courtney, we, you know, like, we, we need to talk about this in the future. It's great. How cholesterol is then used to help rebuild cells. Yep. And so we you take something to break down cholesterol. 
we need cholesterol. It's great for so us. Vilified. And then you can think, well, if I take this, they know research would show that if this is the progress of breaking down cholesterol, this should, this can occur from that happening. Like you, you're not going to build up new cells and you get on another medication and you're thinking, why don't they go back steps? And I say, they, like, why don't we as a culture go back in steps and say, well, I don't necessarily break down cholesterol because I had the gene that gives me a problem of breaking down sugars properly and cholesterol and fatty acids and then give them the minerals and the food to help rectify that gene. And I'm like, it's, I'm, I know it can be a, a, a bit of a trial, a bit of a road, but if, if, to me, if I had like, I love when people come the first thing I was like, here, let's do a gene test. Let's get this done. But I wish everybody in every hospital, every clinic would say the first thing we're going to do is going to find out your uniqueness. Let's do a gene test and see what you break down and what you do, what you do and don't break down. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Um, so, uh, I know I get on a soapbox, no, guys. I, I get a little high voiced, but you know. Well, I love it. You're very passionate about it and I am too. So I, I see the passion in you and I, I love it. I recognize it. So, well, because we just, Thank you know, you. It, it comes from a, a genuine desire to to help people better their health. Like, I just, I just want to see everyone thriving and feeling good in their bodies, you know, and I, I don't know. <sighs> Me too. You know, and I'm not claiming to know all the answers or anything. I, I just, the, uh, I just see what we're doing right now on the road and the path that we're going down with, with our healthcare or sick care system. And I think we can be doing better. And we should be asking better of our of our medical care, of our medical system. And the more people that are aware of this and the more that we can really wake up to that there is a, a better way of doing this, that I think that we can slowly make these changes and hopefully across oh, the board. I agree. I agree. I, I think what you're doing is when you're teaching individuals about themselves, about how to be aware, about how food changes not only your biochemistry but it changes your spirit because yes. there's such a link between spirit food the chi that comes through your food to the point where i have made a lot of bumbles in the past about like how i approach a patient but just by changing their food was what gave me the biggest change like i would think i'm gonna be smart and i'm gonna give them all these different supplements and all of a sudden i say don't do dairy and then they make the biggest change and point in case i will say this and this is uh, an, uh, one thing that's a testament to what you're doing with um, your your platform. To, I had a patient that came in, and unfortunately, she was she's a young girl, and um, she's had like almost eight strokes <gasps> at a young girl, and she's had like six brain surgeries. Now, to everybody involved, I'm wow. I'm not talking bad about anybody or anything, but no. One thing that I could find with acupressure and acupuncture system and doing certain biofeedback, I was like, well, her, her small intestine acupuncture points were really on fire. And so it was her stomach and more of her large intestine. Well, I was just using the points and I was just putting pressure on them. I was using pressure and a little percussion on each point. And I had a sneaky suspicion there was quite a bit of SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Mm-hmm. Now, she has phlegm all the time, congestion where she would have seizures. She was having almost four or five seizures an hour. And, and to the testament of how well the, the parents wanted to take over the health when you talk about food. Now, the standard medical system, don't get me wrong, guys, I'm not talking about it, but they were bad about them. They, they were trying to, they were saying to her, some of the people involved were saying that um, her digestion, um, the things that are going on in her digestion would have nothing to do with her seizures. And I'm not saying it had, it caused the seizures. I'm not saying that, but I think as the unit as a whole, I think whatever's going on in your digestion, whatever you're eating 
is going to represent itself in your biochemistry because mm-hmm. that's how your biochemistry is made by what you eat. We started flushing her and she was having a little more seizures, but I, the parents actually took the time to f- print out an acupuncture book and start to percuss. They'd call me at two in the morning, three in the morning, ask me like she's having these types of like congestion. Start, I said, press these points, press these points. They got a little, made their own little manual. Wow. And it started to go down where she's having one seizure an hour. And she was having tons, guys, of bowel movements. Urine that was cloudy. I'm sorry if I'm getting too graphic. No. But lots of urine issues. And she was having like a little more congestion. But her body was flushing. Flushing. And it's not a testament to me. It's a testament to their parents, how they wanted to learn. By the time she's hardly had a seizure. And maybe one in the last two to three weeks. And I'm just saying... Foods heal you. Yes, yes. What you take, what you eat can heal you. And the reason we're saying is that because if we intake bad things, it could give you a fertile ground for the infections to grow. That's why we plug. Don't do too much sugars. Don't do too many of these. Like, because your uniqueness could allow certain infections to come in. This is not to be scary, but I want you to know like, you do have the ability to heal. Like, If you can learn yourself, learn maybe some acupressure points to, to press or just learn about the foods you need particularly for you. Um, that's the most encouraging as a, as a practitioner. I'm telling you, when somebody takes control and does it on their own, I'm just like, oh, man. Because you and I know, like, yeah. we're just here to hopefully hopefully spread a message. That's yeah. what we want to do, you know? And encourage yeah. people to, to make those, those changes. Yeah, I mean, and what you touched on, I think it was important to note, is that this is also why, for people listening, um, you know, you can be like, why is my friend able to eat, just, you know, eat this way and they seemingly are fine and... They don't have any symptoms or whatever. One, you don't actually really know what's going on in someone's body. And two, it could be something as simple as that. Like you don't even know they could have some sort of um, or you could have something going on in your body like what we said earlier that's affecting the way that you break down certain foods. And so it's, again, why like we can never apply this one size fits all. We have to really just look at ourselves individually and figure out what works best for us. Mm -hmm. And like you said, food is medicine. Food is healing. And somewhere along the way, we lost sight of that, and we need to get back to that because that is truly how we're going to become healthier as a population. Yes. By really paying as attention to our food. Realize that everything that goes on the external is happening on the internal. Yes. That the food, the energy of the food, remember, food, everything you intake has chi and has energy. And if you can find that food that's congruent with your chi, you'll just amplify your chi. And it may sound unusual, but that's how a lot of the practitioners, Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic, that's why they tell you to eat certain foods at certain times of the year, because they know the energy that's in the earth that goes up through the plants. And when you find out everybody's unique individuality where one person can eat something, the other person can't, be happy. It means that you have uniqueness and you can find out if there are hidden infections. And then I just say to, to my patients that have that going on, I'm like, Remember, you may have allergies that another person doesn't have, yeah. but you can take the minerals and vitamins to help you get out of those allergies. But all I have to say, I'm saying one of the best way to do that is change your diet. Literally change your diet. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, this was such an amazing conversation. I feel like I need to bring you back on now to talk about chi and the uh-huh. energetics of food and because um, that's oh, a whole man. other conversation I feel like we could go down, which I am very interested in. Bye. So maybe we'll have to bring you back on. Oh, I would love to. I'd love to. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I mean, like, really admire your page. I admire everything you're doing. And to see how you're encouraging people, I really mean it to uh, help uplift them. 
to take to take responsibility of their lives in a positive manner, like not browbeating anybody or, you know, just say you can do this and um, yes. it's possible. I, you, you see it and I see it a lot every day. Like uh, the people that get better the best in my office uh-huh. are the people who I gave them advice. They followed it. But the ones that said, you know what? And then individually, they went, I'm not going to eat that anymore, but I'm going to start eating this. Those are the people that get better the best. I not I just saying it. that. Bar none happens every day. Yeah. And this is not about pointing fingers. This is not about shaming anyone at all whatsoever. This oh, is no. just to empower people to find what works best in their body because I just want you to feel better. You know, at the end of the day, oh, yeah. it doesn't affect me, but I just, I'm so passionate about this information getting out because I really, I see how it has changed people's lives. And so it's just something that I want everyone to know because I want everyone to feel better and want to empower people to, to take that into their own hands. But, you know, I can't, I can't force anyone to do it. I would never want to. I just hope to encourage oh, people to do it, you know? You're doing it. And I, I, you're doing it. And I think the way you're doing it, the platform, the way, because when we talk this way, it's never to hurt anybody's feelings no. or put down any other types of healthcare systems. We're saying that we, I love to have a community in all aspects of healthcare, in all areas where yes. the awareness of every aspect of the person is taken into consideration. Yeah. Any frustrations that I have is because I want that. And there's could be part of my practice that I'm not fully aware of a certain aspect of a person, but hopefully our culture is moving to being open and aware to like, I want to hear all the aspects of a person. I want to become knowledgeable about it. Yeah. And, I, and I pray and I think that's where it's going to go. So we got to keep putting that message out there. Maybe not in our lifetime, maybe in the lifetime to come. But yeah, but at least we're I, I hope it, it happens soon. I hope so too. Yeah. Well, thank yes. you so much. Uh, and I just want to recognize. So yeah, and I just want to recognize you for everything you're doing. That's really, um, it's incredible. You're definitely changing people's lives and helping them. Oh, thank you. The best. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I'll continue to do it. I, I appreciate it. Uh, yes, I, I mean, anytime. I love to come on and talk. You know how I am. I'm just babbling. And I, I just love, love it. to talk as, <laughs> as much as I talk about these things. I, I can uh, talk about it all day. But yeah, let's talk about chi and energy with food sometimes. I would That'd love be great. to do and, that. Uh, Before we sign off, but I appreciate tell it. everyone where they can find you. So if they can find you online or if they're in Nashville. Oh, Yes, uh, and uh, I'm online. I have my, the website's drmotley.com. You can do it both ways, spelled out doctor or just dr, drmotley.com. On Instagram, I'm drmotley, spelled out drmotley. And on Twitter and on Facebook, the same thing, drmotley. And um, we try to put free information out there. There are some courses I may be coming up soon. And finally, after two and a half years, there are some things that some patients want me to write about. I should be having some of those come out here soon, but just wanted to put out like you just want to put out some good information out there that would actually um, just help simple, easy things to help somebody like take charge and take, you know, be able to take some power back into their own hands. So yeah. that's where you can find me in, in Asheville. If you're going to come by the front of my office is called Kinsey, K-I-N-S-E-I. It's Kinsey Tea Room. It's uh means symmetry and balance. So it's a Japanese Korean style tea house. It's at the front of my office. So cool. you can come by and have a tea with me. I'm in the L&L Marketplace in Nashville. So I got my little room here that I treat out every day doing Chinese medicine. So yeah, check it out. I try to do daily. I try to do videos every week or every other week. So cool. uh, just try to keep the message going. Yeah. Well, next time. Appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to like to come on. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. And next time I'm in Nashville, I'm going to take you up on that tea. <laughs> oh, you're coming by. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. You're doing great. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. The show is produced and mixed by Drake Peterson and Christopher McCone of Peterson McCone Productions. 
Hit them up if you guys have any podcast needs. They are amazing. My theme music is by the singer Georgie. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any major podcast platform. If you want to find me on IG, my handle is Real Fidology. See you guys next week. I know that smile is for me Cause I always see